Arkansas with Tracy and Angie. We are your hosts, Tracy Berry and Angie Bowen. How's it going, Ange? I'm going to say a solid good. A solid good. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say that. All if right. only because I have Halloween candy in my mouth. Ah, oh, God. I mean, that how helps. dare y'all have all that out here? <laughs> well, we didn't have that many trick-or-treaters. Man. Thanks to weather and things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, here it is. Here, yeah. yeah. All here. And I think I've already had like four or five pieces. Well, somebody's got to eat them and I'd rather it weren't me. That's why I can't keep this kind of stuff in my house. Typically we don't. This is the one time a year yeah. that it's here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're ready for it to go. <laughs> Real quick. What is it? Um, was it Reese's? That has some kind of candy machine that they've brought out where you can yeah, take yeah. your Reasons. unwanted. Yep, trade in your unwanted and <laughs> deposit it and then apparently switch it out for Reese's. I assume. Really? Something that they make, yeah. It's genius. It's pretty I smart. <laughs> but I wonder what they do with all that unwanted candy. They like send it somewhere? That I don't know. They I mean, who who it? wants I mean, that they... many Biddle honeys? I mean, what are you going to do with that? Now, I do. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. I knew. Oh my gosh, I love Biddle Honey. Mm, It takes me back to my childhood. Yep. See, I knew. I knew. I did. Well, you don't think uh, you don't have any Biddle Honeys here. No, we definitely do not have that. Yeah. Because we didn't want our house to get aged later. That makes me want. That makes me want Biddle Honey. I know what's going to be in your stocking. Oh, damn it. Mm hmm. Yeah, sure. See, we, of course, it stormed us last night, but my neighborhood, I don't decorate, all right, and I don't keep lights on, so the few kids that we have in the neighborhood usually don't come by my house. Oh, well, this house is yeah. festive. You're, yeah. This I would house say this says, house. It ain't me. This, this house says, this is where you want to come <laughs> trick or treat. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, one of the decorations, the one upstairs, the eyeballs. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, that has become a landmark over the years in the neighborhood. Yeah. We have actually had people come up while trick-or-treating and say, Oh, we wait for your house every year. We love the eyeballs. Every, like, it's a, it's like a thing. It's like a neighborhood <laughs> landmark now, I guess. And uh-uh. people comment. And they're like, oh, we just wait yeah. for those. We, we look for the eyeballs every year. I'm like, oh, my lord. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, Sarah's pretty festive. Yeah? Yeah, and Halloween is, like, her favorite holiday, so we are all Halloweened out. But then this morning, because it's November 1st, um, I got a text that said, can you please unplug all the lights? (laughs) Because when Halloween (laughs) is done, it is done. It's over. Yes, it can be on for, like, three weeks prior, and (laughs) ideally for her, it would be a solid month. But come November 1st, uh-uh. you unplug that shit and it is over. Wow. Like, that is it. Like, okay, listen. Yep. And I promptly ran around the house and unplugged everything that, that's on timers. I mean, because this is, <laughs> this is how we do it around here. Mm-hmm. Your yep. lights are on timers? You don't just come on timers? Oh, well. Nope. The Halloween lights are on timers. Business. Well, this is, that's how Halloween is around here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm impressed. Well, it's not me. I unplug things. That's what I do. God. So, my son's dad, Halloween is like his favorite time. So, he always kind of did that with his dad. Now, when he was little, I would dress up with him. And we would go trick-or-treat and stuff. Then, as he got older, we didn't do that as much. You know? Yeah. It's completely different now. So when when kids come into your neighborhood, the parents like park down the street and they walk and hit all the different houses or are they like driving them from house to house? So it depends. Like last night was more house to house because rain. The rain, yeah. Um, But I mean, they don't usually... Well, and I wouldn't really want them to because there's like this blind hill here and it's dark and so... I wouldn't really want a bunch of kids just walking around. Yeah. Um, so they're usually, like, maybe the parents or whomever is taking them uh, parks, like, three houses away. Uh-huh. 
they do the three and then they catch back up to the yeah. car. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's a, it's yeah, it's a blind hill around a curb and it's not lit especially well. At least not bright enough for kids to be running around yeah, in costumes. Sure. Um, so I don't think I would really love if they just dropped them off. Yeah. Like it would make me nervous yeah. the whole time. True. I'd probably be outside in the vest. Like Good directing point. people. Good point. It would freak me out. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Good point. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't worry about that shit. I did not do any kind of trick-or-treating last night. I was thankful that I got my my assignment, had an assignment due by midnight last night. And I got it done fairly early. Um, thankfully, because I don't have internet at my house, you know. We've talked right? about this several times. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I do work at my house, I have to... Um, work off my hotspot on my phone yeah for my notebook and uh like shortly after i completed it it was like my my signal on my phone was super shoddy like half the night i didn't even have a signal yikes yeah with verizon which is kind of weird i don't know i kept going in and out yeah i have sprint i'm a sprint loyalist oh okay mostly because i used to work for them to work for them yeah yep yeah Huh. And they still give me a hella deal as a former employee, like that was seriously fifteen years ago. Yeah, I still get a. We have a really good deal on the plan, just as a former employee. Yeah, like stupid. Nice. I'll probably have it for the rest of my life, honestly. Well, yeah, it's just ridiculous. So I don't know about the Verizon and what it does. Okay, that's fine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't you know don't, about that. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about that. Well, um, so my assignment last night. Um, so of course I'm in the Clinton School of Public Service and yes. and we're having like a, this is our leadership class and, um, we have to do a discussion post each week. And this week's discussion was to <clears throat> think of a time in your life, like an, a, an experience in your life that was kind of life changing or may have, uh, caused you to experience something that maybe changed the way that you led and how. Okay. And I couldn't think of, I mean, I've had several, I guess, life-changing experiences, but I couldn't, like, really pinpoint one specifically, um, like, later in my life that may have changed the way that I led, but um, besides... because you're always busy and out doing a bunch well, of shit, so, so like, everything. All right, like, all I could think of was... Um, like just the um, transition or transformation, or I don't even know what word you want to use there, but from you know being completely in the closet to being completely open and authentic. And the only okay. way that I could think to really get that across was to start from the very beginning. Sure. You know, like how I grew up the Missionary Baptist faith, and those experiences that maybe uh, triggered me to suppress and not live authentically to the profession that I was in, teaching in public schools in Arkansas, feeling as though I might lose my job if it were to ever come out. Um, Yeah. Those are, yeah. And so so the only way I could think of is just like take, kind of walk them through, um, my life and growing up and getting to the point where I was in a position to just be me, my true self and be completely authentic hundred percent of the time, no matter who I'm with, um, or what position that I'm in. And I think to me, when I was first able to actually do that was where maybe my leadership style took a, took a turn. Sure. And maybe change because, it, you know, when you're not able to be authentic and you hide. Right. You know, you, you start to become used to, and not that I feel like I was ever a quote-unquote dishonest person, but you definitely um, learn how to work around the truth, if that makes sense. Like yeah, when you're it's not the omission you, thing. It's not omission. that you're, like, actively lying, but you're also not... Fully disclosing everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like not telling your parents where you're at or not saying, hey, right. this weekend I'm going to the gay bar or whatever, you know, or 
I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend out of town kind of thing. Oh, I'm going to a basketball tournament. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but it was, I think it was interesting to think about though, and it was a neat exercise because I think I can definitely see a difference in myself or looking back or reflecting, whatever you want to call it, see a difference in the way that I lead um, once I was able to just yeah live authentically. Well, yeah, because I mean, you're not having to navigate a bunch of stuff behind the scenes that hinders just if you have to worry about a lot of things behind the scenes coming to light, you're probably going to interact and lead differently as opposed to if you're not worried about that stuff, then you just get to lead and the only thing that you're really focused on is the leadership, Mm -hmm. right? And not trying to lead while keeping some things behind the scenes. Like you just lead Mm -hmm. and you don't have to consider or guard against so many things. So yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So at first I was like, what? And I was like, oh, okay, now this makes sense. Um, and I don't know exactly where I was going with, with that. <laughs> I don't know, but just fun fact. Um, fun fact. Here's, here's a thing but that you... was dropped on me before we started. Uh-huh. Right before we started. Uh, apparently this is the 20th episode? Yes, this is our 20th Whoa. episode. Who knew? I know, right? I mean... That's that's a thing. It is a thing. That's like a. We yeah. It's a We've thing. We talked a lot. I know <laughs> about so, about a lot of things. But I, so I will say. Oh, also fun fact um, uh-huh. for those of you who worry about the crying dog in the back. Um, she has been left. If you hear heavy breathing, yeah. that's neither one of us. Uh, <laughs> it's Bailey. Yep. Bailey <laughs> is experiencing her first podcast, not sequestered. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. So heavy breathing is a trade-off. From the whining. For the, from the whining. And we're just... <laughs> it's a test run. Yeah. Episode 20. Here she is. Here She's she in the is. same room. Bailey. And just, Pretty just, girl. Yes. Loving on... Oh, uh-huh. Lord, yeah. She's <laughs> she's a ridiculous creature. Uh, anyway, but in those twenty episodes, um, varying degrees of Bailey's participation, they also have served like even just this last week. I heard on multiple occasions, all of which were pretty unexpected. Um, how the things that we discuss when we, you know, just hang out, mm-hmm. right, and bring in people who know stuff and talk to them. Yeah. How that's resonated and how that's impacted people. And I heard that several times in, yes, unanticipated environments and conversations. So, uh, last Friday night we went to A&B. Man. At Dugan's. Um, yeah, you totally missed out. I did. You totally missed out. it. Um, but we were there with Rachel, who's uh-huh. been on the show, right? Um, and and also another one of um, our friends from church, another cishet in the mix. <laughs> all the cishets. I know, all the cishets. <laughs> I, I bring them to the bar. I we bring have them a lot of whatever. cishet friends. We do. I mean, we, we got do. good allies. Yeah. It's cool. Uh-huh. Uh, so, while we were at A&B, there was one point where someone who actually is a member of the LGBTQ community approached me just for general conversation, and then I indicated, oh yeah, um, and then Rachel, who was on the episode, she's back there at the table with us, um, which then led this person to say, Oh my gosh. So I loved that episode. Like, I love all the episodes, and it's super fun, but I love that episode. And that episode really, really helped me this week. And I was like, okay. Like, what? Like, we're just here having a show and some drinks. But also, this is cool, and I'm like, I did not expect this, so it helped you. Okay, so how? Um, And so she works in schools and had a student... Uh, approach her and come out as I it was either trans or non-binary. Okay. Somewhere on the spectrum there. And she said, and then, so at first I like paused for a second. She's like, but then I remembered you guys just talked about this. 
on this episode, you just talked about it. And so I realized, wait a minute, what did they say? Oh, be accepting. Like, this is how, right? You just, you allow them the space to say it. You don't react to it other than to say you're going to be supportive. And you just demonstrate acceptance from the beginning. And she's like, and it was so, she's like, yeah, uh, that episode just turned out to be super timely for me because it was seriously, I heard that episode and then it was just a matter of days later until this kid showed up. She's like, and I felt like, I could actually speak to them and I felt more comfortable in doing so because I felt more confident because I had the info. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, and then I went, took that back to the table and told Rachel, I was like, hey, listen to this. Listen <laughs> to what I just heard. Hey. Check this out. When we hang out and, you know, booze and chit chat, turns out some good happens. Listen yeah. to this. So then I told her, kind of relayed the story to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she probably doesn't want to admit it. We'll see. I'm sure she'll let us know. Um, She had some feels about it. Yeah. Like when I was just like, hey, so this is what I just heard and how it helped this person interact with a student. And she was like, oh, my God. Like, that is so cool. Like, oh, my God. So not only did it happen, but then that we get to hear about it, right? Right, yeah. As far as we know, we're just hanging out. Right. At the studio or my living room. I mean. I mean, we, well, you know, purposely, of course, but to actually hear that that's. That it's actually having some kind of impact is good. For sure. And so Rachel was like, oh my God. So then that like snowballed into our other friend at the table. The other Uh cishet goes. (laughs) Um, She's like, oh my gosh. Every time I listen. And she's she's made it known that she is a regular listener. Yeah. And she said, every time I listen, she was, I just so appreciate the perspective because there aren't a lot of other places that I can go in my life and find like this information. It's almost, right. you know, like insider information from the community, things that you want to know, but are maybe too afraid to ask or, or wouldn't even think to ask. Yeah. Um, and so then there's this whole conversation that comes out of that, that is, I just really appreciate that perspective and that point of view and how freely you guys discuss it. And also... You do it while just hanging out, and so it's, like, fun, but it's also educational, and I just really appreciate having that resource to be able to find this information in in the way in which it's presented, and I was like, wow, okay, like, this is, like, turning into a commercial that I had no idea. I kind of (laughs) wish... Should have been recording this, and then we start putting commercials out there. Uh, And then... So then she also made another comment um, where... She appreciates kind of the diversity of guests as in, um, I mean, we, we bring Nick. cis and hets and yeah. cis hets and all of the stuff, uh-huh. um, which we've been very intentional about because right. it's like, well, let's bring in the whole community. This is big C community and right. bring these folks in. And she said, like, basically how much she appreciated that because in us doing that, it kind of removes like this um, voyeuristic thing where if it's just, you know, if, if it's only members of the community talking about community stuff, then if you fall outside of that, you're not really sure. Right. Which, is, as... which is, yeah, which is the thing that, you know, Nicola, neighbor Nick brought up at one point. He's like, is that a thing that I can go to? Because I never right. know, right? right? And so she basically was saying the same thing. It's like, and so when you have like, members that are not part of that community come on then it makes me feel like it's okay for me to listen and that you actually want me to listen and i was like well yeah because that's what we're after (laughs) yo like it's yeah we want all the people right like right so that was super cool like that so much be preaching to the choir no i mean we're preaching to the choir that is like you know maybe 10 arguably closer to 20 percent of the population Uh um but let's go ahead and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool to get closer to the 100%. Yeah. Like that. I would rather expand the choir is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so that was super fun. And I did not anticipate that in the oh. middle of just hanging out and supporting A and B. I was like, wow, listen to this conversation that's happening. Like this yeah. was okay, cool. Um, and then, so then the next night we had gone to a couple of Halloween parties, one of which was hosted by... Sisset, neighbor Nick. <laughs> and we nice. stopped over there, and it was a little bit later in the evening. Um, and that was 
all the other attendees were cishets as well. <laughs> uh, but the beauty is, like, I don't... Yeah, I don't feel uncomfortable. Right, right. And especially, I mean, generally, but definitely not at neighbor Nick's house. Yeah. Um, but what was super, again, very unanticipated was at some point later in the evening, one of the guests who I, I didn't know anyone there other than Nick and his wife. Yeah. Um, and at some point, this guy that I didn't know and hadn't spoken to at all, uh-huh. um, all of a sudden was sitting at the table and Sarah was next to me. He goes, oh, wait, are you the ones with the podcast? And I was like, <laughs> I did not see this coming. Like, what? Are you talking? <laughs> right, I was like, wait, what? Uh, and then, of course, Sarah was like, uh, I'm not. She is. And then, you know, Sarah uh-huh. went to a different yeah. part of the room. She's out. She's like, yeah, no, I'm out. Um, <laughs> and then he proceeds to start talking about it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy, yeah, least likely in the crowd that I, yeah, least likely I anticipated having a conversation like this about. And I was just like, uh, yeah. And he goes, I just think it's super cool. Right. It's like, obviously, so Nick told him about it, right, on right. some episodes that he had been on. But it appears as though he's listened more than that, maybe. Right. Um, and he's talked about, and he's like, no, but it's just so funny. Like, I think it's super cool that you're doing it. Like, even I, as not a member of the community, could recognize that there's probably a need for that. It's cool that you're doing it. He's like, but I like how you're doing it, and it's really funny. But, yeah, you learn stuff. <laughs> it was basically like, um, I didn't even know how much I don't know. Right. Um, but now I listen, I know I don't know shit. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to listen more. I'm like, cool, because that's... that's- that's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just, I don't know. That was a super cool thing to hear. Very unexpected, completely unsolicited. But yeah. I heard it several times in like a 24-hour span. And I went, oh, hell, we might be doing something here. Like that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, we might be. Hold on. So... We may actually be accomplishing some of the things we set out to accomplish. <laughs> I'll be damned. That's always I'll be damned. Nice. How about that? Yeah. All right, cool. Super. Yeah, so that was super fun. Well, yeah, so it sounds like you had a fun, eventful weekend. I did. Yeah. And it required nearly two days of recovery, but it was a really (laughs) good time. I'm I'm too old for that shit, but Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And also, I guess, like a little... It, it was validating. It was fun and it was validating. And I wasn't seeking the validation, but yeah. I ain't mad that they told me. No. And I was super excited well, to tell you. Where I was like, oh my God, listen to this. Like, okay, yeah. That's, I mean, because, so of course people in our own community, that's super important, you know. And just awareness and just talking about different things that might be um, affecting our community specifically. Uh, especially because of the climate and some mm-hmm. things that are happening right now. But we all know that, right? And we all know how that affects us. And we all... Yep. Um, but we've got to think about our allies and our cis het friends. Yeah. That, you know, are seeing this on the news but don't quite understand or, you know, exactly... Well, yeah, it doesn't hit home nearly as much yeah. for them. Until, you know, they hear it in certain certain terms or until they can really relate, you know, and so... When they um, know a person that it directly affects and mm -hmm. that person is able, willing and able to express how it affects them, then it does become completely different for, you know, the members of our big C community. Like, it's this point of relatability that's like, oh my God, like, I had no idea. Like... Right. I can hear this stuff and, like, I can grasp it, you know, like, as a concept. Right. But not until we sat down and you said that thing did I realize, oh, huh. whoa, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know. Is that bit, so it's, it's, like, personally me for this, I just recently started my first day on a new job today. hmm And part of my accepting that job was, like, I had to ask the question. Right. You know, I had to say, okay, so this is who I am. I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. How is that going to be in our this place of work? Like, 
if we have an office party and I want to bring someone, you know, like a partner or whatever, like how's that going to be looked at? How's how's that going to be viewed? You know, is that yeah. going to be, are people going to talk behind my back or, or you know, is it going to be like, oh gosh, well, ooh, we didn't know that she was, oh, obviously, no, but, um, but how many cishet people have to think about that when they go into a new position? Right. You know, how many have to say, well, now, so... Just so if you know, I bring my girlfriend, like if they're a male, I'm heterosexual. You know? <laughs> is that going to be a problem? Is that going to be a deal? So if I bring somebody who's also heterosexual as my date, will that be a problem, right. or is that going to be okay? Yeah. yeah. And you know, really, for years I would have never asked that, but now it's like I'm to the point where I'm just like, oh, there's, there's no way that I'm ever going to put myself in another position to be in. Uh, a place of work or you know anywhere on a daily basis that I just can't that can't just be me right you know and who you are is seriously loved by Bailey Boo yes she loves her auntie T-Bear oh my word (laughs) she loves her I know yes ma'am yes ma'am well because we've raised the Bojan children that love is love right Um, and to the extent that the cishets are welcome here and they may bring whomever they choose to date or marry and we will not discriminate. Right. That, that's the only world that Bailey knows. Right. Yeah. You're such a sweet girl. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are. Well, you know, so I went to, um, last week, the Hot Springs Documentary Film Festival was last week and... Last Thursday, they showed The Gospel of Eureka Springs, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about the two different sides in Eureka Springs. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's obviously the, a very um, diverse town in yes. Arkansas. It's, uh, it has a large population, I think, when you look at the, the entire population in Eureka Springs. I mean, there's a lot of LGBTQ Plus, people that live up there. Um, well, they were they were the first city like a long time ago that um, allowed, I guess, um, but also promoted the fact like civil like um, what did they call it? It wasn't civil union, but it was domestic partner registry. Oh, like really? they had that in Eureka Springs forever ago. But it was I mean it was specific to that city, yeah. like that ordinance. Um. But that was the only place. And I remember, I mean, that has to be within the last 15 years, because I kind of remember it. And I've only been here, like, 15 years. But I kind of remember that. It was just like, oh, this is the one place in the state of Arkansas that you can go and do this. Like, they will recognize domestic partners. Yeah. And there was, like, a almost, I think they have, like, a decree even, you know, that everybody signs. Like, it was a, a legally recognized thing within that city. It only pertained to... Well, like it didn't extend beyond that, yeah. but that's what I remember. Huh. Um, and then Carroll County was before we had uh, federal equality. Carroll County was one of the first places that started Lassie. issuing. Um, yeah. And Carroll even went before that because there was a conversation for about forty-five seconds in this house um, about <laughs> uh, should we go up there? Should we go up? We can go up there this weekend and get this. Um, we opted. Oh not yeah, to. because it was open on the weekend. Yep, yeah. and yeah. it was so they offered it before even Pulaski did. Yeah, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, and you know they have a diversity for about every season. Seriously. And yeah. this weekend is their their big one. Um. But uh, what was it going? The two so, sides. Yeah, of the, the town. two sides because there's also a very religious side to that town. Mm-hmm. They have the passion play there <laughs> with a huge statue of Jesus. Um, and it was interesting because this uh, documentary kind of took you through both sides. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't like showing a battle between the two sides. It was just like informational from, informational both, sides. from both sides. And how, they just, how I guess they kind of, you know. I mean, there was one point where... Um, they showed where they were trying to pass the ordinance and where some people weren't for that. Mm-hmm. But 
past that, I mean, it was just, it was really interesting. And um, a lot of, there were a few of the queens that were in that documentary that were there. And uh, so after the documentary, we went to, for the after party to an old church that's now a yoga studio and had uh, a Different drag kind show of where they called Drag Drag Me to Church. Awesome. <clears throat> and those queens from Eureka performed a few acts. And, I mean, there were all different people from the community down there in Hot Springs that were there, and it was just such a great time. And um, it was just like, okay, I think, I think this is going to be okay. Yeah. Like, I think this is a whole new community down here that probably needs some... Um, just some, I don't even know what, what I want to call it, energizing or just um, maybe even some. I'm going to say, um, what? oh, geez, unification, not because there's division, but because um, I can tell you from the perspective of my practice, uh-huh. I know by sheer volume and number, there's a pretty decent size LGBTQ community in Hot Springs. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this based on um, demographics of the folks that come to my office. Yeah. I just... It's there. Like, yeah. the numbers are there, but I just feel like it's maybe disjointed, and I think that maybe um, all the members of the community don't really realize how much opportunity for connection there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and because it is slightly more rural and because it is, um, you know, less progressive than like Pulaski County, I think that the fear is absolutely a component. Like yeah. it's a factor yeah. of that. Um, so I say unification, which is, um, you know, like safe space. Right. If, if there's a safe space and people come to know of the safe space, uh, you know, if you build it, they will come because they're already there. Is right. what I'm saying. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a it's a more of a a unification again, not because there's division, but because I think it's disjointed. Because, yeah, the numbers are there. I just feel like for very obvious reasons, folks are just kind of doing their thing and trying yeah. to keep their head down a little bit, right. and they just don't realize. They just don't realize. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's. The community's there, but connecting them all yeah. is, um, it's, yeah, I think once there were avenues and tools for connection, I think people would be surprised yeah. at how large the community is. Yeah. I won't be because you heard it here first, but I'm trying to tell you <laughs> in ways that don't well, violate HIPAA, um, right. it's there. Right. Well, and I've been, like, very, um, I don't know, it's just kind of been amazing like how I've been met with these just open arms. Yep. And I know that, I mean, I've been told like you've been Googled. So it's, right. like, it's like you're out there. Everybody knows you're out there. Like Yeah, the gay is no longer an like, omission thing no... for you. Like it's, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not for me either. Like that's right. just, but it's just, you just know, what it is. It's, uh, to go from this, you know, from Little Rock, where we're doing all these things. Right. This, you know. Fairly, uh, the perception is that it's a fairly safe pocket. Right, like a, a big old blue bubble. Yep. Um, yeah, Hot Springs doesn't look like that on paper or a map. Right. But I think it, I would not, let me tell you this, I would not be shocked if we looked at um, percentages in per capita, if in a per capita comparison, the LGBT community was not larger in Hot Springs. Mm-hmm. That would not surprise me yeah. in the least. It it really would not yeah. if that's what happened. Like, if those numbers were... That wouldn't surprise me. To yeah. learn that per capita, like, it's a larger percentage. Yeah. I would not be surprised. In fact, I kind of expect it. hmm mm-hmm. But again, it's just... They're not necessarily connected. For yeah. a multitude of reasons. Right. Right. Yeah. But I also know a lot of them would like to be connected and right. to feel like there was a larger community. So... Build it, they will come. Right. I'm, I'm back to that. <laughs> I'm back to that because I think it's back legit. Build it, they will come. Back to field well, of dreams. And I wonder if that's because of their history of tourism. 
You know, I mean, because Hot Springs historically has been a place that people traveled to because of the Hot Springs. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, back in the days of tribal, I mean, chiefs would travel there for the Hot Springs because of their, like, healing uh, nature. Um, I don't know, because at the same time, you know who else went there a lot? Like, gangsters. Gangsters <laughs> um, who were... But do you think that lends to the diversity of it, though? You know what I mean? Like, um, or about, I don't know, what, what am I trying to say here? Because, like, I guarantee that the tourism numbers for Eureka are, are pretty high, but I think that's because there's not anybody that probably doesn't feel unwanted or not welcome there. Like, sure, you can be anywhere on the spectrum straight, gay, whatever, and and go there and feel safe, I feel like. Uh, Does that make sense what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Are you picking up on what yeah. I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, but I'm also thinking about, like, other conversations I've had with folks that have visited Eureka uh-huh. or have friends who live there. And I would say, for sure, during, like, diversity weekends, that holds true. Okay. But I think day-to-day, I don't think that's felt as unilaterally okay. as we might think it would be in a place that has diversity weekends four times a year. Right. right? right. I don't know that it's I don't know that it translates 365. I don't know okay. I mean I can't say definitively that it doesn't because I don't live there. Um, mm-hmm. But I can tell you conversations that I've had with folks that uh, <laughs> certain parts of town and certainly certain weekends or times of year uh-huh. They do feel, you know, it, it's safer and more welcoming. But I, I also think um, maybe that's not a three sixty five experience. Well, do you think that maybe? Do you think that um, city officials or people in decision making positions um, might see the positives of being more open I mean like Eureka they're like their NDO that they passed mm-hmm. three years ago covers I mean it was like the most wide um, ranging what word am I looking for like it covered the entire city right, right? you know Hot Springs they passed an NDO wasn't as far-reaching as Eureka's. Right. It was a lot like Pulaski County's where it kind of covered the, like, um... City. City. Staff. Right. The city itself, but, um, not everyone that lived in the city, right? Right, so I think that think they're... because they see the benefit of, like, yes. their tourism. I mean, because that's the one of the largest industries. Well, yeah, I think there are economic drivers. Um, So, I mean, it's a factor. If it's not a factor, then those are terrible city planners, right? Um, Terrible leaders to not realize where does the bulk of our money come from. Um, But I think, yeah, I think there are economic drivers where if we want to be a tourism, like if we want to be a destination then we need to be appealing to as many different demographics as possible. Right. Um, so for sure. You can't alienate. Right. And I think that the places that recognize that, like Eureka, I mean, Eureka figured it out fastest, right. soonest, earliest, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, what that then allowed Eureka Springs to do from, I mean, an economic standpoint was... Um, hey, if anybody's going to be basically in this general area, like if you want to do a staycation before that was a thing, right? Uh-huh. But if it's staycation, all of that, um, there was like one destination in Arkansas that you could do that, mm-hmm. right? So that would pull in a different demographic and therefore more money, right? To an underserved, underrepresented community, it says, hey, we know that you want to take vacations too and staycation, so come here. Like, we'll make it super obvious, and we will extend the policies, right? At least in our half of the city. We're going to make sure that it's super obvious. 
Um, and then I think that sets the stage for places like Hot Springs to do the same, where right. tourism is a big part of the budget. And then you go, hey, um, so Eureka did this thing. There's a whole new demographic that'll go to Eureka that maybe won't go to other parts of the state. I bet we could draw from that. Right. Um, and I think as it pertains to NDOs for uh, cities and city employees, I think that that's also economically driven. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if you look at um, a community and an economy is best served, I mean, it, it, human capital is the best resource, right? right? Um, the most highly qualified human capital is the best of the best resource. If you have policies in place that indicate to segments of the community that they're not welcome or valued, then you shrink your qualified applicant pool. And I think, and I'm not trying to be really cynical about this. I'm just trying to be realistic and say, city of Little Rock, uh, was there, were were there some people involved in pushing this, that were pushing it for the reason of like sincere social equality? Yes. Uh, When it ultimately gets adopted in such, uh, and more, uh, rural and conservative places. Am I really thinking that it was only because of the social equality right, thing, or am right. I like, there's got to be financial upside? And there is yeah. when you extend. I mean, there are people at UAMS uh, when they try to recruit right from across the country because you get to do yeah. that at a med school. Right. Um, people that were like super desirable candidates prior to marriage equality especially, but generally speaking, would look at the policies like the uh, HB 1228s and all right, of that and right. go, oh, yeah, I'm not moving. Yeah, like, I'm yeah, not relocating yeah. to here, which then yeah. pretty dramatically, it, it it shrinks the pool, like the candidate pool, but it also shrinks, like, there are people of extreme quality. Right. That are like, I don't want to work in an environment like that. And so it comes to a point where certain businesses and institutions have to realize that yeah. we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot right. because yeah. like the some of the best people won't even consider us because of the lack of NDO yeah. and the overall and not even climate. those people are part of the LGBT Oh, community. yeah, no. Mo- many, you know, many are not. Are, there's allies or the yeah. progressives or, you know, they don't want to bring... They don't want to raise a family. Right. They're like, I'm not trying to do that there. Yeah. um, That's closed-minded. Well, and I have friends here that were, like, born and raised here who have had kids. And when they're, you know, the the first kids were, um, like, less than a year old. And, again, this coincides with prior to marriage equality. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my really good friends saying, uh, we need to figure this out. Because her first child was not even a year old at this point. She goes, we need to figure this out. Because how in the world am I supposed to, like, how do I explain to my son that in the eyes of the law, not everyone is equal? Like, how do I explain to my son that in, you know, my child to grow up in this world that not everyone sees that everyone should have equal rights? Like, that's a thing I I don't know how to teach my kid and I don't want to have to teach my kid that. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, well then you're absolutely, so if folks born and raised here have those feelings and those concerns, how the hell are you going to attract anybody who's not from here who's like, right. what, like that's still a thing? Yeah, no, I'm not moving there. Like, right. I'm not trying to raise a kid in that culture and environment. Right. Yeah. So anyone with any sense, and so, which I think is interesting because if you look at, because of course recently I've looked at all these numbers, um... Of course, Little Rock being the heart of Arkansas and the intersection of all of our main interstates, you know, 30, sure. 40, where everybody comes through to get anywhere, basically. Um, and, of course, the, the National Airport. So uh, when people... When people... <laughs> we, got, we got dogs. We got dogs everywhere. But Poorly scheduled potty breaks. Oh, yeah. All right. On the move. All right, we're on the move. On so the move. from a yeah, from a strategic planning part, the uh, all the interstates coming together. Yeah. Here is like brilliant. Brilliant funnels. So everybody, here. everything funnels through here. Then you have the you know the airport. Yeah. So a lot of business travel and 
when people fly in, they come into Little Rock. So, of course, you know, being the capital city and everything, and, and with all that given, um, the heart of Arkansas, Pulaski County, shows the biggest numbers as far as revenue from tourism. Sure. Which makes sense. But then from that, um, the second county is Garland, which surprised me because of Northwest Arkansas. Because there's all this talk, you know, when you hear a lot of things about Arkansas, you hear Bentonville, you hear Waltons, you hear all this business. But when you look at it county by county, Garland County surpasses Washington County. And it also sure. surpasses Benton County. Now, if you look at it, regions, Northwest Arkansas, when you put them all together, it comes above like the the Diamond Lakes area of Arkansas. But right. I thought that was really interesting because Pulaski, Indio, Little Rock, Indio, Hot Springs, Indio, right? Eureka, Indio. Fayetteville had to fight a few times for theirs. They're and not, robocalls from Michelle robo Duggar. Robocalls from Michelle Duggar. So, you know, Bentonville has all these things going on, but they're not really super progressive. They're still red. Well, because this is a broad generalization, but I think it has some merit. Um, uh, lots of... so. People who have lots of money tend to want to hang on to most of their money, mm-hmm. which generally um, generally aligns them with a more conservative of the party. Right. So, in that perspective, it kind of... Yeah. They're... Fiscally conservative is often translates as unilaterally conservative, even as it pertains to social issues. Yeah. So, there's a ton of money up there, um, but generally speaking, folks who have a lot of money want to keep their money, and that usually puts them in one party, and it's not, it is often not the socially progressive party. Mm. That's, that's about as diplomatic as I can get on that, <laughs> and I feel like I did pretty well, well actually. Really well. I think I did pretty well. Yeah. But I think that that, you know, you know, and I got, you know, I need to look at too, because there was another, when all those NDOs were being passed, you know, uh-huh. before, um, before, so it was SB202 that became uh-huh. law, which is the Interstate Act. Right. Um, so all these, you know, not all, but a few handful of places were trying to pass NDOs before it became law. Right. Right. And there was another small town. And I need to Ooh. check on that. It's not as Marvel, I think. Not Marble. Right. But I think Marvel in the Delta. Super small. That passed an NDO. And I remember it surprising me. But there like, were. <sighs> what? There were multiple. I'm not going to say several, but there were multiple small cities, municipalities in Mississippi that did the same. And so I would wonder if Marvel was actually more of, since it's more that region. Because of the Delta region. Yep. Well, uh, okay. I don't know that. That's that's my guess. that's interesting, though, because I didn't know about that fact with Mississippi. Yeah. Huh. Well, I wonder, too. Okay. I'm I'm tying this all back because of tourism. Because the Delta and Mississippi, that's where a lot of your... Your casinos and things are, mm-hmm. which I would think brings in a lot of people from other places, right? A lot of tourism. Mm-hmm. Well, generally speaking, I would say um, <clears throat> we are at the point now, and I think we just got there in the last couple of years, if yeah. we're being really honest. Um, I think we're at the point now where more and more corporations are realizing uh, that discrimination is actually bad business right right it's not good for business and in right. fact it's often quite bad for business yeah um i mean look at the yeah the the tone look at the um actors and 
subject matter of commercials now, even with, I mean, Coca-Cola and Hewlett-Packard. And I mean, they're making a very intentional statement in the opposite direction, right? Opposite from where we've been before. Um, And I think that largely corporations are figuring that out, that not only um, is there not profit in discrimination, but that actually can adversely impact bottom line. And that hasn't always been true. I mean, and we still have the remnants like Hobby Lobby Mm -hmm. and all of these places that are slow to come around. Um, But that's that mentality, the Hobby Lobby mentality, that was the majority and not that long ago, not that long ago at all. all. So I think that there's, that's part of it too, is that corporations are realizing, um, Discrimination is not only not profitable, it actually is costly. Oh, and we should probably go a step further towards touting our inclusion. Right. Because that's that's better business right now. I mean, it's also better humanity. Right, humanity. Um, but Unfortunately, what speaks first to a lot of those places oh, is, for sure. are the dollar signs. Ab- it course. absolutely does, yeah. Um, not that that's... Preferred, because of course you just want them to do the right thing, right? Not, mm-hmm. Don't be a douche. <laughs> don't be a douche. Be a decent person be or company. Be a decent person or company. Yes. Um, but, you know, that's, I guess, how we have to get to. Um, we got to start somewhere. We start somewhere. But I find that interesting. I really find that interesting. And now that makes me want to go back and look at that smaller town and figure that out. You know? Yeah, I'd first look at yeah proximity to the other municipalities yeah. in Mississippi. So if it was, yeah. I mean, because I, I don't have the answer. I just remember that being a thing. Right. That they were popping up. I was like, well, how are we getting this many in Mississippi? Uh-huh. And yeah, they're fighting for it in Fayetteville and we're having to fight it. And it was just like happening in Mississippi yes. repeatedly. And I was like, huh, huh. okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, I would be curious. Proximity. Yeah. I don't eh, know. Eh. You can get to researching. I'll, yeah, let I'll us know. Do I'll, do, I'll do that when I have let a chance. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> just let us know. I'll do that when I have a chance for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what what do we got going on? What's coming up? What I don't know. All I can think about is these damn dogs are getting out of control. Well... That's all I can think about right now. They're um, kids. They're kids. Oh my God! Are they? Dogs are like kids. They are. Don't they really don't. Are. I dare somebody to tell me I'm not a parent because I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. Hey. I am. Hey I promise. How are you? Yeah. Somebody has to run around and get these children their meals. Yeah. Someone has to put them to bed at reasonable times. Well, the fact that he just jumped into my lap is pretty big. I know. Pretty big. Good Not job, that you did, babe, because you I know. love Bay me. will, yes. Not that Ooze doesn't, but it's different. He's a little more reserved. Yeah. He's, yeah. 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 Um, this is him begging to be fed right now. <laughs> so, mm. That is. That mm. is. I don't know if we're recording right now or not. Because <laughs> it doesn't show.